0: Welcome to the Self Subscribed Podcast.
1: Welcome back, my friends, to episode ten of Self Subscribed. Can you believe it? Let's consider this the uh, season finale as I get to pick and choose how many episodes I want for my seasons, but I have a special guest today. My friend Kevin is here, yay, and I think you will enjoy this episode. It's going to be a mix of relationships and fitness and life as a whole, and we're all just living to be our very best selves So, without further ado. Welcome, Kevin. How are you?
0: I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. I appreciate you coming all the way out here.
0: It's a long drive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you kind of live out in the boonies, though. Let's face it.
0: It's the best place in Idaho. It is.
1: It is pretty good. Um, So, for those who don't know you, uh, we'll start at the beginning. I met you what, probably two years ago now?
0: Has it been that long?
1: I think so. I think it's been right at two years. Uh, I would say it's been that long because, so I sent you an Instagram message way back in the day saying, hey, if you need a spin instructor, let me know because I knew that one of your people was leaving.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I had had one of my spin teachers there and... She started teaching in Fruitland, which is a couple of towns over. So I knew there was going to be a schedule change or even no spin class. And up to then, spin was pretty much a, it was something no other gym had, right? Besides Fruitland, which was 30, 40 minutes away or 30 right. minutes away, I guess. Um, so yeah, when you messaged me and you came over mm-hmm. to the gym and we met up and yeah.
1: It was fun. And little did you know that you would need me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now she <laughs> she got everyone in those spin classes to love her. So now I'm like dependent. Now I'm like, she needs yes. to spin classes.
1: Yes. So. so you own Beyond Barbell in Weezer and you've yeah. had it for how long?
0: I've had it since 2019.
1: Okay. And you are how old?
0: 25. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think I was, what, 21 mm-hmm. when I opened it. And Yeah it's been a long journey I started in a tiny tiny spot and then I grew to the spot that you went into and so and now I'm like at that point where that spot's almost too small mm-hmm. so we'll see we'll see where we go on from here now so, yeah
1: and so when you started you were in how big of a location
0: it was a thousand square feet okay so now I'm at 5,000 square feet so I had to make that jump so I basically how it started was, in 2017, 2018, took off to college. Long story short, in college, I wanted to play soccer, wanted to go professional, and then all that stuff. And then um, everything went good. So I, it's like God let me go and do everything I wanted. And then I realized, like, ah, I don't want to do this. And then um, that's when I was like, I feel like this is what he wants me to do. He wants me to open up a gym. And I literally, as soon as I felt like that's what I he wanted me to do i dropped out of college dropped my scholarships called my mom up and i'm like hey (laughs) i'm dropping out and of course she (laughs) thought i was crazy which i kind of was at the time and then and i was going to college in the oregon coast so i did live in the oregon coast for like a good year and then from there came back to weezer and then just started gathering equipment and everything kind of just played a good role there's a gym that close by that closed up and i bought some stuff from them bought some stuff from facebook market like big shout out to facebook market <laughs> to this day you find amazing deals on there and then um yeah kind of kept growing i barely had anything that little spot and then people were still supported and came and then took a big leap of faith when i went from the thousand square foot spot to the five thousand square foot spot which is right when covid happened oh good yeah so it was like i i, I signed that lease right when the first gym started making a little bit of money and then I was like oh sweet I'll have just enough money to pay this off and start this lease and so for a minute there I had two leases um and I took that leap of faith (laughs) and then that's right when I when COVID happened so during that time they shut the gyms down yeah and then uh so I was kind of like oh crap all this money I was expecting is no longer there so it was a a test of faith in a very like stressful moment, but luckily we got through it all and yeah. And then it just kinda kept growing. So
1: to go back, you were in college and obviously you had a scholarship yeah. for soccer. Did you feel like you needed to come back because Idaho needed a gym? Or was this just out of the blue an idea you had or was it just a like pulling at your heartstrings? Why a gym and why coming back here?
0: So good question, right? So um, I was taking business classes in college and they had this one assignment that was, if you were to open up a a business, what would it be? Where would it be and what would it be called? And I took that assignment super serious. I was like, yeah, I was just like, okay, like what would the name be? And then I started doing research on like names. And during this time, I got into that entrepreneurship life or, Um, Just bettering myself because prior to college, junior year of high school, I just hit the lowest of the low. And that's when um, I truly let the Lord in my life. And then from there, I just started reading books, reading about who he was. And I started reading just other like self help books. And so I continued that through college. And so through college, I started reading Gary Vee and all these like entrepreneurship people mm-hmm. and so I started developing that mindset so when I had this assignment it took it super serious and then basically to answer your question I, I it was like if I was to open up a gym in Weezer because I worked out in Weezer for a while and I was like man like there could be more there's a lot of people here if you charge them this much and you get this many people to come and then kind of started doing research on the local gyms which at the time there was only one really that was pretty serious and then so basically supply and demand so mm-hmm. I was like, okay weezer would be a good spot we need it i kind of knew the location i knew the people um and so that's when i was like when i did that research i was like weezer would be a good successful place and i just kind of took it and ran which i think is interesting because a lot of people they usually think of small towns and they're like there's nothing here i need to go to a bigger city and make right. the dreams come true so which i tell people a lot it's like you can start a small town why because it's like Supply and demand. There is nothing here. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can be that person that creates that supply, mm-hmm. or the, or like brings that um, supply and demand to it.
1: And I feel like a gym is really that thing where, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. People want to be healthy. They want fitness. They there's that goal that a lot of people see for themselves, and without a gym or a location for them to get there, it's totally unattainable. How many of us work out by ourselves at home? I definitely do not (laughs) like 0%. I have no motivation. I need somewhere to go. I need to be pushed. So in coming to your location, 100%, it was there. There was, it was clean, which was first and foremost, super important. But then you had coaches there to help. You have the trainers. The equipment was nice. Like I immediately felt like I fit in because there wasn't that You don't come in and go, oh, my gosh, everybody here is a bodybuilder or everybody's super in shape, nor was everyone out of shape. Like, obviously, people are getting somewhere. And so this environment that you've created, it's not just a building with workout equipment in it. It's a building that has workout equipment, but it has a purpose. And you've created a culture behind it because you've named it. Beyond
0: Barbell. Which means just going just it's beyond the barbell right, right. It's above just working out it's like mentally physically spiritually and yeah yeah because when I created the spot the whole idea was like the stigma to a lot of small town gyms it's like oh, like sturdy small equipment's broken all the time the treadmills suck right it's
1: like totally rinky dink
0: yeah and for me I'm like I don't want to be like that I want to be like You can put my gym in Boise and it will do amazing. Right. I I feel like that's true to this point. Like you can take the whole location as is and put it over there and it'll meet all the standards. And um, yeah, with that, I wanted to create a spot that was like, it's made for bodybuilders and athletes in a way. It's not Mm -hmm. like a fit all, but you can do it all in here. But the main focus is to help new people. So I think it's like for the people who know what they're doing, sweet. Here's all the toys. Here's all the equipment. Mm -hmm. Go do your thing. But... My trainers and me were going to focus on the new people coming in. We're going to focus on the customer service. And so that's true to this day. So I think it, it it's not like it's just um, if you walk in and you're new, you're just not welcome because you're not as cool as the cool kids. <laughs> right. It's like cool kids are doing their own thing, but we're going to take care of you and stuff. And then right. we'll make you just go in there and choose your own route. So
1: Well, and there's definitely not that click environment where you and you come into certain other gyms and you're like well I obviously don't fit in because you guys have a group I don't feel like you have that group there like everybody's got friends and they work out with friends but it's not an uncomfortable environment which I think a lot of gyms really have a problem with
0: yeah and I think that is a downfall it's weird because it could be um you can create some loyal people off that Mm -hmm. but if those people think they're above everyone else which I've seen it in gyms even local ones where it's like
1: especially in local
0: yeah especially local (laughs) ones it's like if you're not doing what we're doing like you're not as cool as us right because we know the owner because we're like in touch with this big base it's like we can take your equipment or we can somehow walk around like we're better than you and so we haven't we don't have that click i mean we talk to the regulars more often because they're there a lot more they're there you know them yeah yeah and so we know them by name but we don't ever make it um how do you call it like um we don't make it a point to put them over anyone else. And stuff. So even me, when I walk into the gym, like I think if, if I didn't personally sign someone up, you probably wouldn't even know I'm the owner. And I think that's awesome. Right. Like I, I like the fact that I can go in there and people don't know, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like that's how you should hold yourself up to, Like, because- It's when, humility. Yeah. Well, and then it's like, if someone's using a piece of equipment, like I'm not going to go in there and be like, it's mine. You know, I'm going <laughs> to be like, hey, are you using this? Like, I'm just another member like you when I'm right. in here and stuff like that obviously have more responsibilities but and I feel like that's how all my trainers hold themselves up if they're in there working out off off hours and mm-hmm. stuff they're gonna hold themselves just like any other member and stuff obviously we're gonna do above and beyond most but
1: and why do you think it is that it's so easy for other gyms to get into that position of having those mm, I don't want to call them the elite but that it's like high school right but if we're all adults and there's kind of that cool crowd that makes everybody else feel uncomfortable why why is it like this
0: I think it's um that's a good question it's it's an ego thing I would say right so it's kind of like they want to be the cool kids they want to be the popular kids they want to be like as soon as you walk in the door you're get acknowledged and I th- I think that it's just it's a human thing Anywhere where they go they want to be that influencer um I don't think any of my main people there, which I think we almost set the standards, we could care less about that. Yeah. So I think in a small town and everywhere else they just wanna be seen to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Which can go deeper. You can go deep into it and feel bad for them or um yeah, you can just go deeper into that. But I think it's it's more of the ego. Like they yeah. wanna be the main person, they wanna be the main show and I think we could care less about that. We want everyone else to be the main show.
1: You don't let them become that person that that main cool character
0: yeah and yeah and it's like i almost when i don't know if i'd be able to answer that question as far as like how are we stopping it because i don't
1: but i well i can't like all the stuff you have on the walls right you have bible verses you've got quotes you've got things like reminding people why you're here you know and i think that kind of like when you're working out and you see it and i mean i always see the one in the back room that's over the mirror and it's like, oh yeah, I have to, (laughs) I have to remember that like wherever I am in life and it can be really low, there's always more. There's something that's bigger than me. There's a plan and a purpose that I don't see. And it, it's like a really reality check that you are not necessarily humbled in a way, but it just, it puts things into perspective.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's it's all that stuff, right? Because the, the question would be almost like, how do you create that environment?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I've asked myself this question because one of the biggest things people compliment, compliment to the gym is the environment, mm-hmm. the vibes. And it's like, how do you create the vibes? Like, you can only do so much. And the best way I've been able to answer that or look deep into it, because it's been a question that kind of like, how do you write this on paper? How do you like copy and paste once i get a second location third location how do i copy this and the best answer i've kind of came to is just us setting the standard but Mm -hmm. also in a in a way like where we invite god into the atmosphere we invite that humility in here where it's like we have quotes like that where it's like hey you might be down in life and just kind of reality checks and certain quotes and the biggest thing is like the top people, I guess, if you want to put it like that, whether it's my trainers, me, and the people we know, we put ourselves in a certain spot where we're like, we're not better than everyone. I mm-hmm. think that just kind of You
1: copies. hold yourself accountable.
0: Yeah. When then it, it just copies, I think other people will start acting like that. But I think if you go in the gym and the the owner and the main person is like not there, for example, mm-hmm. then there's like, because you see it in tons of gyms where like the owner is never seen. And I think what happens is that gym is dead as far as the environment like who owns this place who there's no passion to this place it's just just a building with equipment um and i think when you tie in the trainers you yourself as the owner and these even the good people the regulars that go in there and you guys all have that same mindset of like trying to help everyone else and trying to help yourself people kind of start copying off that and people start like reflecting it almost you become a mirror and I think that's when the environment starts getting created because it's kind of like if one of my regular members right now saw someone else being kind of like rude or judgy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they would put a stop to it because they know we would not approve of that. Right. And I don't know if I can say that for other gyms. You know, if someone's being rude, it's like, that's oh, it's none of my business. Or if the owner themselves is being rude to the trainer, it's just like, OK, that's uh, yeah. like people put their headphones on and turn the other way. Like, yeah, if you don't see it, it's not happening. Yeah. And they start accepting it right yeah
1: no I think that's very I don't want to say common in a lot of places but people do it everywhere you know where if it's something uncomfortable it's easier to just turn away and not look whereas you know like you said you have that kind of accountability standard where this is how we treat people here this is how we act that we do what's right even though it's hard so I think that's really good
0: yeah and we open ourselves up I think that's when once you mentioned that it's like I always open my myself up in the sense of like, dude, you text me, you call me if there's an issue, and mm-hmm. we'll fix it right away. And there's times where it's uncomfortable to call kids out. Sometimes those high school kids are yes. little yes. troublemakers, and so <laughs> it's uncomfortable for me because I'm like, oh, like I was there once, you know. And so, but by us putting our foot down right away instead of looking the opposite way, right, it just helps. Like, hey, you're crossing a boundary, and this is this right. Is not okay. we have standards. So, yeah, yeah, we have standards. Yeah. So the thing is creating those standards and sticking to them.
1: That's good. So you are very faith based in what you do. Did you grow up being this way?
0: No. So I grew up like Catholic. I okay. guess you could say Catholic, but it was one of those things where like we went to church maybe once every three years and it was only during Christmas. Uh, yeah. And then the, the Catholic religion is very um, traditional. So it's right. like you just kind of repeat words. For the most part, at least that was my experience as a kid. And so I never really got to know God. And then in my teenage years, my dad passed away from drinking too much alcohol. So I kind of grew up very resentful as a kid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, and I just kind of grew up with that like that expectation. Like I had these expectations of myself as a kid that if I didn't do good in certain sports, if I didn't do good in life, that my dad would be disappointed in me. And I think as a kid, I started, like, in sixth grade, I was, like, drinking, smoking, doing everything you can think of, and I was (laughs) hanging out with the wrong crowd. My mom was working two, three jobs, and just, I I had no way of coping with it, Mm because I had no adult or no even male figure in my life to guide me. And no outlet. Yeah, no outlet, yeah, because at that point, I was fighting with my older sister, my mom, I was fighting with the whole world, and I kind of kept that mentality all the way up to junior year, and then... Once during your hits, I think I finally hit my lowest of the low where I was just kind of like, I was carrying all this responsibility and everything was my fault in a way, which, I mean, it's partially true. I'm big on responsibility, but not to the extent of like, oh, if you don't do this right, your dad's disappointed in you. If you don't do this, like you're a disgrace. And so I think I just grew up with like low self-esteem is what it was. And I just kept beating myself down until I hit that low. And then then that's when I was kind of like, Finally hit a low moment where I was like, God, if you're real, like, help me. Because it sucks, basically. And then that's kind of when it took off. And, yeah, pretty faith-based.
1: Really? So did you know that your dad was going to pass? Or was that a surprise?
0: It was a surprise because I th- I knew he, I don't know, because as a kid, I was probably 12, 11. Mm-hmm. I thought beer was like water. Like, dude, he's always drinking it, whatever it's juice, you know? Yeah. So I, I never really connected it until... And I, I, as a kid, there was times where you would hear like, like, oh, there's blood in the, in the bathroom and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's kind of scary, but whatever. And I think it just, it just happened overnight. And yeah, so it kind of hit me as a shocker. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing was like, I think when I finally got the the message, like that my dad passed away, I think I cried that whole day. But then the weirdest thing was that I I didn't feel anything after like, I can't remember the rest of that year, as weird as it is, because I think it happened um, happened in the winter. I, mean, it, I know when it happened. It happened in January, but, like, I don't remember the rest of that year. And it yeah. wasn't until, like, two years later in, like, 2011 when it kind of hit me, like, oh, shoot, like, your dad's not here. And so then, you didn't
1: process it at yeah. all the whole first year.
0: Yeah, I didn't process it until, like, it was almost two years. And then, um, yeah, which is weird to think about that I was just kind of, like, I cried that one day and I didn't think about it. And then that 2011 was probably like one of the worst years of my life. Cause I think every night is when I would just cry and then I would fight with my mom. And at the time she had a, a boyfriend, and I would fight with him and it was just, it was crazy.
1: Dang. So after you processed and got through, and that's when you kind of had this realization of like, I need to pull my head out of my ass basically. Um, how long was it before
0: you went to college? So I, I went right after high school. So I think in 2011, once I hit the lowest of the lowest, when I, I started working out, it's like something just kind of went in me and I was just like, like you know, viewer's discretion is advice. It's like I was cutting myself at the time junior year and I was just like ready to end it all. And then that's when I, I prayed and I'd really just repented and and I asked God for to help me out. And that's when I started working out. So mm-hmm. I, it took me like, I just religiously went to the gym. It was weird. Like I, from one day to the next, I just started working out a ton. I got my little six pack which is what I wanted at the time and then from there then I just kind of was like focused it was weird I went from like a kid that couldn't get himself off of off the bed and stuff and to this just super motivated kid and stuff and like from junior to senior I was like no one recognized me almost like Mm -hmm. I was so focused and then from there I just made it a goal where like I want to get a college scholarship because obviously we weren't rich by any means. So I'm like, I either get a scholarship, I'm not going to go to college. And so um, I ended up getting a scholarship just towards the end of senior year and took off. So
1: so do you look at the kids in your gym now and all those high schoolers and you do you relate with any of them at all? And you look back and say like, that kid reminds me of me or you can see them struggling.
0: I think more than kids, it's everyone. I think the reason I, the gym was created was almost like the broken people that come in. Mm-hmm. So whether it's people that get divorces or people that are going through heartbreak or people that are just going through it, my goal was always like like those people coming in here. And then that's kind of the whole concept of the gym or beyond Barbell in general is like helping people thrive spiritually, mentally, and physically. So I have this mindset, this thought process of like spiritually, it's kind of like just making it faith-based you know inviting god into the gym and putting bible verses up and stuff like that so the whole thought of that is like if you walk into the gym let's say you've just had the worst days of your life you're just completely broken you go in there to try to work out by you reading some of that stuff it's like you're planting a seed right it kind of gives you a little bit hope but also just some music i try to choose good music whether it's upbeat music or like music that has good Words, so whether you know it or not, or you forget your headphones, it's like the music says positive stuff, so right. it's kind of like you're again planting seeds in your mind. And then the other part is just us, me as a person. If I know and I go up to you and I talk to you, like, and then not doing it out of like a scam, but kind of just compliment, like you're looking strong out there, you're doing amazing, like even that plants a seed, right? And I think, especially if you're in the low of the low, it's like. All it takes that little compliment or that little word of uh, mm-hmm. motivation to help people out. So I think whenever I relate to more, so when someone comes in like, oh man, I'm just going through it. And I'm like, dude, this, this is what mm-hmm. it's about. And so I kind of, usually when I hear that, it's kind of a spark or a drive for me to like, like listen and stuff. And sometimes it does get draining though. Sometimes it's like, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I've kind of learned to like not pick and choose, but kind of be not carry it on, just give them enough, I guess you could say. So,
1: And I think you're really good at reading people though too. I mean, you knew like when I had shit going on or there's other people, you know, that you've texted me and said, hey, have you spoken with her? Is she doing okay? You know, whatever. Um, But for me, like when I was going through all my stuff and like you checked up on me, making sure I was okay. But yeah, going to the gym and especially teaching class for me was like, I needed that. Because it kept me focused, it kept me driven, it gave me a purpose beyond my own life, beyond my kids, beyond everything else. It was like I needed that. And then those girls needed me. And it was kind of like this perpetual cycle of people who needed each other. And I don't want to say it was trauma bonding, it wasn't people who were relying on not the fact that we all had something bad in our lives. So we're like, well, let's all get together so we feel good for this one day. But it was planting that seed. You know, at the end of my classes, and I would say, like, you guys are better than you think you are. You are worthy. You are valuable. You are all these things. You know, and there are people, girls who came up to me after class and said, I had the worst day ever, and I needed this. And I thought in my head, you needed it, but I needed to be here yeah. teaching you. I, I needed that. And fitness for people, it brings us together. It, it's for some people it's an outlet for others it is not for those who it is like you need that you need to feel like you're doing something positive for yourself that you can see you know it's like that visual reinforcement i can look in the mirror and say i can tell that i'm getting stronger i'm doing something right for myself so it's beyond like reading books it's beyond the podcast it's beyond everything else it's it gives you that motivation to be better and to be stronger.
0: Yeah, and I th- I, it's it's in something of like tangible, mm-hmm. right? Like you can almost yes. see or touch it. You're actually doing it where it's like you helping someone else out in that class. It's like it gives you a purpose. I think that's the right word. It's like yeah. the purpose gives you a purpose being in there and out. And just in general, like if you have a horrible day, the gym is like the one thing you can control. It's like, well, my whole day was crappy, but... But at least I went to the gym, right? And at least I did this one good thing and I have control over this one good thing. And it also just makes you super vulnerable, right? Like that's one thing I've noticed is like in the gym, you almost have to put your ego away or the ego eventually gets put away because you lift so much weight or you push yourself so much mm-hmm. that you realize like you're weak, yep. like you're tired, <laughs> like you yeah. can't do this. And so like it just kind of it's almost like it kills the ego to an extent being in there yeah. and that's a perfect time to like just open up or talk to someone because I think especially like in spin class if one of those ladies going through it and they just put all that stress or even they just push your body to the limit where they're just kind of put their guard down because they're so tired and you're in there t- talking because when you when you do spin class I love it because you'll you'll whether it's at the end of the class or during the class you'll throw in motivational stuff yeah. and like It can be so simple, but for someone who's broken or someone who's going through it, it's like, that's exactly what they need. That's like just the right amount of like water for them to grow. Right. And so the gym is, is way more than just these basic things. And I think people are starting to realize that, you know, when I did my research back on it, it's like back then it was just a recreational thing. If you're working out, you're a bodybuilder automatically and it's just to look good and that's it. And so I think as time going by, has gone by my research has proven right where it's like it's now people are knowing it's a mental thing and right it's a spiritual thing the spiritual thing is going to come so like mark my words in a couple more years you're you'll realize that everyone's going to tie health not just in having a six-pack but like what's the mind saying what's the spirit saying And it's all just going to come together
1: that's awesome i don't think a lot of people look at it that way
0: no a lot of people it's it's kind of like health what's health back then it used to just be like oh that dude has a six pack. He's healthy. Right. Now ask the question, like he has a six pack, but it's like, okay, he's physically healthy. But if he's depressed, cause you can be depressed and have a six pack. 100%. You can be like saying, even if you're not depressed, you can be the rudest, like the the things that come out of your mouth as a dude. It's like, okay, now would do you consider that healthy? No, no, you know? So it's one of those things like now if someone's super positive, they're like reading, if they're like just... Just mentally, good stuffs coming out of their mind, mm-hmm. and they look fit and healthy. You're like, okay, they're pretty healthy and stuff. That person's and, healthy, yeah, yeah. And so, but here in a couple of years, then the question, then the, the answer is going to change again. Okay, mentally they're good, physically they're good, but spiritually, are they good and stuff? You know, because I. And then the reason I feel like the spiritual part ties into it ties into it, is because physically you have to be healthy for everything, right? You mm-hmm. just want to be able to move in general and and that standard can change for everyone like you don't have to have a six-pack but you have to be healthy enough for hormones blood everything works good, right right. and so like and then mentally that standard is also going to change for everyone but realistically it's like what you think what you say and how you feed your mind and work Mm -hmm. your mind's going to change but I think you can be a smart dude or smart woman and be fit and have money and have this but the question comes in like why are some people still sad like why do some mm-hmm. people um how can you be like positive person and fit and there's people that still like you know unalive themselves or so why is there people that still like are sad at the end there why are people right. like chasing more money or why are people chasing clubs downtown or why are people chasing these superficial stuff if they're a positive person they're on an entrepreneur and they're like Super rich and they're fit. Like, dude, their life's perfect, but it's like, it goes deeper than that on the outside. And it's like, and I think that's where the spiritual part will come in, right? And I think that's where like the purpose driven and kind of not being so superficial, because our world's very superficial right now. And I think that's going to, yeah, and it's going to go to an extreme to the point where like people are going to realize like more of the spiritual health, right? Mm -hmm. And so,
1: so do you think, and there's, I've heard a lot of sides on this recently uh, when it comes to mental health and depression and things like that. There's a huge split in the church. I would say are people who have any sort of faith or call themselves religious based uh, where depression is either they say it's from the devil that you're not living a spiritual life, or it's truly a, an illness that you have that you need to be taking drugs for or something else. I mean, For me, I think it's, we're human, right? Nobody's perfect. We all have things going on in our lives. And the spectrum of depression can range from you can't get out of bed till I feel sad today. You know, anything can make us feel depressed. But somebody who is, we'll say, way down low uh, for the sake of conversation will say they can't get out of bed. They feel bad about themselves. They have suicidal thoughts all these things is that something that's truly a mental illness or do you think that's the devil attacking them and they are helpless
0: all right so this is a tricky question right it's 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 super controversial i think it's basically how i look at it it's it's both right it's Mm -hmm. like and then it all comes down to definition because everyone has their own definition of depression. So it's like, you'd have to break down the question. Like, what do you mean by depressed? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause it's like, people throw it out all the time. Yeah, these days, yeah. Like
1: trauma, like, yeah. Oh, it's my trauma. Okay. Is it really your trauma? Or are you just using that because it's a popular word on Instagram exactly. that you can hashtag
0: And that. And that's exactly it where it's like, are you really depressed? Or are you sad? Cause I think you're sad, but I think you're just using the word depressed. And so right. then it, it kind of, takes away from the word depression just like the word love right if you say so much after a while it's like love doesn't really mean anything it doesn't
1: you can say i love jello i love the grass outside i love the sun well do you love it or are you just using that word
0: yeah and it takes away from it because like the real definition of love real love it's like it's deep and it's real and so i think the same thing with depression it's like it goes deep and it's very very real so that's our first thing it's like depression is real now whether it's like a chemical imbalance in your brain, mm-hmm. right? Which is what a lot of people think you need to take these drugs to fix it, or whether it's it's demons and the and the the devil attacking you, mm-hmm. or whether it's just we're human, right? And right. self inflicted. I think it's all, to an extent. Depression is very real, whether it's self inflicted because those humans are very dumb. I have a lot of friends <laughs> and me myself that I'm like, oh. Man, and I keep messing up. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's because you keep doing the same thing all the time. Idiot. Over and it's like, over again. over yeah. and over. It's like, it's stupid. And you get all these warning signs. So it's like, it's a lot of times it's self-inflicted. And I feel like you can get yourself in in big ruts and big, mm-hmm. big like financial crisis, mental crisis, all these things. And I think it's it's self-inflicted. You so, yeah, feel yourself
1: gonna, going down so low. Yeah. There's just no way out of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then, and we're fed that victim mindset. So oh, it's, sure. it's so easy for us to. To fall into that hole now whether it's depression i don't know because i think depression is once you get it's a state of being right mm-hmm. and so i think once you become in that state of being it's not an emotion right so i right. think it's it's not like oh, okay i'll be depressed today and not tomorrow it's like no i don't yeah, know it's really a constant depressed. state of it's being. a constant state of being and i think once you're in that constant state of being you don't even know you're in that you mm-hmm. just are and so I would think it's very real. Now, whether it's a chemical imbalance where you need pills, I personally don't believe you need pills. I know there's other Christians and I know there's, I know this this lady, right? Um, she believes in it. And it, she was a success story where she used pills and it helped her out. And she actually, she thanks God a lot for those, right? I don't feel like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I just feel like if you take those, um, it can mess up your mind and it can do all this. So yeah. there's always... Black and white. I truly believe that God can heal and fix everything, and He made our bodies just wonderful. And with Him, anything is possible. But I don't also deny the fact that, like, you can be a Christian, faith based, religious, and you're not immune to it. You're still going to go you're depressed and human. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I think in the spiritual aspect of it, like, I don't think depression is just a, like, um hormonal thing or mm-hmm. a um mental thing or a chemical imbalance it's like the world is very spiritual too so it's also spiritual attack it's both in one it's two in one it's right. like you can't have demons like telling you to do these things or demons kind of attacking you and being inflicted in you and i i think that the faith-based part is like if you have that relationship with with the lord and you read your bible and you do have that that getaway that is your medicine in a way Mm -hmm. and so i feel like it's
1: because again you're planting those seeds yeah so it's like a constant reminder
0: yeah it's a constant reminder that it's how it is it's not how it always going to be and stuff and so i i just for me the biggest thing with depression i'm like define depression and then from there it's like it's not just an emotion so if you're just you might go through a valley of darkness but doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're depressed once you're depressed I feel like on your own, just like you got into it, you're gonna get out. It's not gonna be easy. Right. It's, it's gonna be super hard, but um, I do feel like you do need that spiritual aspect, that you know, faith based aspect to get out of it. I truly feel like because when you get deep down that much, it's like you can't help yourself. You out can't of it. see you the can't way see out. You can't see the yeah. way out. But I feel like that's when you need that that medicine for. And I truly feel like the only real medicine is just, it's God, right? And so I don't think it's it's the pills. So that's just I, my yeah. own opinion.
1: I would agree with that because I'm kind of, I wouldn't say anti-modern medicine, but I would opt not for the drugs as my first option. When you say that the only way out is the Lord, you, you need to pray and ask to get out of this. Do you mean to sit there and wait for God to just, miraculously pull you out or do you mean by eating right changing your daily habits doing things how do you pray to get out of that
0: yeah so there is stories where once you pray you know testimonies will happen where it's like miracles will happen Mm -hmm. now that's not an excuse to be like i'm praying why isn't god showing up it's like how that works is it can work in so many different ways so i don't think it's just praying and waiting for something to happen it's like you pray then you go out and live life and you keep doing the best you can on your side and keep praying keep having that faith that it's going to happen and and something will happen god will open ways but it's just like it's like kind of like me with the gym i give i give glory to god for everything that happened now there has been people that are like but you did it all yeah it's true i put in the work but god opened the doors and you know Hard work without the opportunities is nothing but hard work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, in the same way with all that, it's like if you're depressed, go out for a walk. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like being just in bed and praying, that's tough. Like, you need to put the odds in your favor any way you can. Cause like the devil wants you isolated. He wants you to be a victim. He wants you to do nothing and be nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that's kind of it. that
1: help me help you type thing. Yeah. Where, okay, yeah, you should be praying and saying, maybe God will put inspiration to you say, maybe you should get out of bed,
0: you know? Yeah. And when you dive deep into the Bible, you're going to find passages and, um, and I'm no pastor or anything. Right. But you'll find a lot of verses that tell you to take action. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just to tell you to get up and get going and stuff like just as much as a Bible, it's a faith based. It's like, it's probably the greatest motivational book out there. It's the best entrepreneurship book out there. And so, you have to pray, but you also have to put in work. I'm not saying that works is the way to get stuff, because God will make anything happen. So like it's hard to for me to put into words. Like I'm not gonna box God in what He can can't do, and there's right. no right answer. But you have to do something too. You can't just pray there and do nothing. It's just like if someone's like, God, I need to lose weight. Please help me lose fifty pounds. He will. But he's not going to just click a finger a lot of times. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, you're going to have to put in the work and and, the, and God will put the right person to you. He'll put the personal trainer right there for you. He's going to put a lot of opportunities there for you, but you have to put in the work.
1: And you have to have your eyes open, I think, to those open doors and those opportunities because there are times in our lives where uh, I know I've had open doors and it's not anything that I've done or I've made happen. It's an act by a greater power, but I have to take the action to go through that door and that take that opportunity, which is not always the easiest thing. And we're set up with these challenges because in those challenges is how we change. And if we want change in our life, you have to do something. You have to move forward. You have to take that next step, which I think we are put into those positions of challenge and where times are hard because that's what makes you strong and that what is what makes you have that faith.
0: Yeah, and that's that's exactly where like you know when you said you had those opportunities like that's where the holy spirit would come in, right? There's something right. in you telling you, "Hey, go show up here, go to the grocery store, or get up and get going and stuff." So it's like that's very real and just like you said um with with the opportunities you have to in a way, kind of re-saying it, like you have to show up to him, Right. And I I just think us humans are very... I just... Every time I, I really look at myself and everyone, I'm like, we're very dumb in the sense of like... <laughs> we're, we just... It's, we have yeah. to show up. We're not... Things aren't just going to happen.
1: We, we're all looking for a sign. Yeah. We're looking for a huge sign and saying, this is what you should do with your life. And it's not always going to be there. You know, you just have to kind of do... I always say, do the next thing, but it's true. You have to just do the next thing, you know, and even in, for an example, in my life, uh, doing the next thing I've gone from having no job, no income, no nothing, going through a divorce and having a entry level position to where I'm at now and having several employees and people under me and doing something in my life was not on my own, I did the work, but I had to have those opportunities and those open doors and I didn't see them. I didn't see them as they were there. I just did the next thing. I can look back now and I can see them. But when you're in that moment, you don't always know. And I think that's the really hard part for a lot of people is because you're put in these situations and you're going, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do. Just do the next thing.
0: and that Yeah, that's it. It's like you don't have to have a game plan. You yeah. just got to do the next thing and then just do it. And then from there, there's going to be the next opportunity is going to pop up.
1: We always talk about having like a five-year goal. What's your goal? Which is, and I think it's a good idea to have uh, not a set goal, but something you're looking forward to in the next five or 10 years or whatever. But nothing in life is ever set in stone. Because you can't predict the future. You have no clue what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, that's hard. And in business, they always make you have like a business plan. Right. Like I made that and nothing went according to plan. (laughs) And when that's the thing, even with like when you go to college, it's like they can teach you all the aspects, but you're never you're never it's never gonna prepare you exactly for business.
1: It's a solid guideline.
0: Yeah. And then um yeah, and it's just like it's just a yeah, almost just a guideline. But it's like you might go a million different ways with it and it just with a lot of that stuff you're just gonna have to a lot of people don't do stuff because they need a game plan it's like i had i tell people now i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing half the time but what <laughs> and it's just like you with a podcast when you started it you you dove into it you did a little research but once you got this keyboard here then you learned it right, right. and so it's like you didn't order it and we're like whoa I'm gonna have to take classes to learn it. I'm gonna have to do this. I'm no. gonna go on YouTube. It's like, that's I'm also order it. that's not yeah. my style. <laughs> you know, And then it's like I'm gonna order it. I have an then idea. And then I'm gonna go. go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. It's like I just got down building a deck, right? Right. And um, I don't know how to do it. I just know I want to do it. And so
1: Have you the, ever built anything before?
0: Yeah. When yeah, that's the thing. It's like up like till the beginning of this year, I knew how to use maybe a drill. <laughs> and it's like, and I bought a fixer upper house. And so I could have let that scare me and been like, I'm not gonna buy this because who am I gonna pay? But once you dive into, you know, I'm going to buy it, then I'll figure it out. And I feel like doing that, but also having that faith of like, I'm going to let God just take care of me. Mm -hmm. Like that's faith. But I feel like a lot of us don't really have faith. So we're like, we need a game plan because or else my anxiety is going to pop up or I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, I feel like once you buy stuff or you do stuff and then you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to just go and show up and let God lead the way. I feel like that makes them smile. And that, that really makes them open the door and, and, and just perspective, like you were saying earlier, I draw, drew a blank earlier, but it's like perspective. There's, you know, the saying that's like everything happens for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't like that saying. I don't either. I think that if you let God in your life, he'll make a reason for everything. So not basically the way I took it, like with my dad, I could never make it up in my mind. Like, why did my dad pass away? And if people would be like, everything happens for a reason. I'm like, I don't think. There was a reason for my dad passing away. But I think the second I let God in my life, he made a reason for it.
1: You can use that. Yeah.
0: And so I think that's when like he made a purpose for my pain. But I don't think there was a purpose to my pain, if that makes sense. Yes. And it's like, because that's that's exactly where like the enemy is very real. You know, Mm -hmm. my dad was an amazing person. I've always heard amazing things about him. Good person. but got addicted to something bad. And that happens to us all the time. You can be a good person and you mess up. You can be a good person and you're addicted to something, right? right? And so it's just like there isn't always a reason for things. And there isn't always like like it's not like God's like I'm going to put you through this and have you suffer, but once you allow God in your life, as humans we have our human experience, right? And he'll make a reason for everything. So I I really feel like like And it happens a lot in the Bible. Like, I don't know the story exactly by point by point, but it's like the David Goliath, very famous story. Like Mm -hmm. David grew up being in the farm. Basically, he grew up doing all these little things that were basically nonsense. And then he He fought this giant.
1: Yeah. He was doing the work of a servant, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was out of all his brothers. I want to say he was the only one that wasn't doing anything warrior-like, but God prepared him through all that and mm-hmm. then he defeated the Goliath. I think the same reason for a lot of us it's like we might put ourselves into sticky situations but if God's in it he'll make he'll make it work for us right. and and I think that just a perspective of like when something bad happens instead of we're so quick to be like victims but it's yes. like what can I learn from this? And it sounds so cheesy. I think people are just like it's not a loss it's a lesson. But it's like no, really look at it. What lesson can you learn here? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it can be some dumb like if if you're if i'm walking barefoot around your house my house the gym anywhere and i hit my my toe i could easily get mad and start punching whatever i do that yeah or i can just like okay even that's like a lesson what's your lesson be more careful walking yeah you know wear shoes next time <laughs> and so a lot of times it's like everything you can learn from everything and anything mm-hmm. and it's just a perspective perspective is just like it's perspective, perspective, perspective percent. anything. It's a mindset. Yeah.
1: And that's, you're right when you said we have that victim mentality. A lot of us have that to me mentality where it's things happen to me. He broke up with me. Uh, he was mean to me. This happened to me. Everything is to me, right? And so we're taking on all this stuff as though it's, we're being attacked. And if we're not being attacked, it's just life. And the fact is, like, other people are also living this life and we don't support each other enough. You know, I think a lot of people suffer through it alone. Obviously, you suffered through a lot alone. Um, What advice would you give to yourself if you could go back? And then I'll ask you a secondary question after that.
0: That's that's tough. Because part of me, it's like, I wouldn't change anything because I, I learned through that. I really right. had to go through all the bad stuff for that many years. But if I could save myself a lot of time, I would just open up my perspective to change the victim mindset. Because I did have, I, putting it into that into those words, like I did grow up, like everything's happening to me. God did this to me. But it's like right. the to me can become for me, right, easily. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is just, like the only word that comes to my mind is just ego. It's yeah. just like pride and ego because it's like pride isn't always like i'm better than everyone pride is also like i'm the worst one of them all like you're just like being prideful you know it's it's the same thing with ego ego is like it's good ego and bad ego in a way
1: right it's okay to be proud of
0: yourself yeah yeah
1: and look at your and say this is what i've done it's okay to be proud it's not okay to have that pride
0: yeah see there you go yeah yeah and I, that's that's perfectly said. It's like, you can be proud of yourself because it's good. It's good to be like, you should be proud yeah, of yourself. I'm happy. I'm proud of what I just did. But it's, it's the same thing with, with, um. I think it comes down to the ego, right? It's just like when someone gives you criticism, mm-hmm. a lot of people get very mad and they don't ever listen. I've always looked at criticism like in one ear out the other. If Amy tells me and is criticizing me on something, okay, a couple of questions. It's like, who's criticizing me? Amy. Okay. Amy, Amy knows me pretty well. Okay. So, I'm going to listen, actually. I'm going to see what she's saying. Okay, is what she's saying, is it constructive, destructive? What is she saying and is there truth to it? And then once, I'll just take the truth out of it. And that's like, the truth's going to set you free. So it might suck, but it's like, it's going to make me better. So there's a little bit of truth in all she said, I'll take it. And then I'm going to toss the rest out. And then from there, guess what? I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to marinate in what she said and just the truth part of it. And then I'm going to grow from it. And so it's like I think a lot of people what they do is it goes to the ego. Amy criticized me, right? And so it I'm happened gonna take, to you, yeah. And so what she said is going to go in one ear, but instead of going out the other, it's just going to get stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go resentment towards Amy. Now I'm going to be <laughs> mad at Amy, and now you didn't learn anything because you were right. so filled with anger. And now you're mad. You ruined yep. a friendship, right?
1: Yep. So, but if we if this scenario was accurate, I could go back to what I always say: Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? So words hurt are the things that I've said. Did they need to be said? Or am I trying to help you in a loving manner? Whereas we can attack people and say, you really sucked at squats today. Your form was bad. You looked bad. Everything was bad. Or is there a better way that I could have approached that and said, hey, you know what? I noticed this. Maybe next time you work on it. And I think the way that we speak to each other uh, in a lot of environments, I'm using the gym, obviously, because it's a common reference. But the way we speak to each other in all manners of life, whether we're trying to help someone who's hurting or supporting a friend or doing whatever, we always say, oh, what's the, I'm being brutally honest. Why are we brutal? Yeah, you can be lovingly honest. Yep. The way you speak to people matters because words do hurt.
0: And that's it. And so.
1: Or they can heal they can, they can have, help yeah
0: and and that's exactly it. the bible says like um so something that comes to my mind is like i have the christian faith-based clothing
1: yes so there's times
0: where i post something and if, i'm still learning so there's people on there all the time and it's, even just a christian world can be very
1: brutal, brutal. <laughs> and so there is
0: times even even in real life like if you're messing up and this is, I guess, more where the religion comes in versus actual right. relationship with the Lord, where it's like people will be like, oh, my gosh, did he see Amy? And then they'll point you out in front of a whole crowd. Amy, you shouldn't be wearing that. Amy, mm-hmm. you shouldn't do this. But it's like, OK, even though what you might be saying is true or what, or whatever it is, there might be some truth to it. That is not the way you're supposed to say it. The Bible says you're supposed to take the person if some they're doing wrong, you're supposed to take them to the back room or somewhere else in private and be like, hey, look, you shouldn't be, Kevin, you shouldn't be doing this or doing that or saying this or saying that. Mm-hmm. And and that's the way you want to do it, right? Like privately. Right. You whatever. don't want
1: to point them out in front of everyone and embarrass them. Yeah. Because then what are you doing? You're yeah. hurting them. And why would you do it in front of everyone anyway?
0: yeah and then there's just no point of being brutally honest because no. it's just like it, and it comes to the, the communication right it's like say it like when i when i criticize people at the gym as a trainer i'll be like amy you did awesome your back with your back posture was amazing your heels were flat on the ground
2: mm-hmm.
0: how about next time try going a little bit lower with your hips that will be do the full-on squat so right. it's like compliment good 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 and then Hey, here's a little constructive criticism for next time, and then I feel like that's how we should do with everything. Like, Mm -hmm. Amy, you're so strong, you're amazing, but hey, maybe next time you should try to do this, right?
1: Right. And even if you, yeah, yeah.
0: And there's times where I'm like, I'm a little bit too honest with some of my friends, (laughs) right? And but I even then I'm kind of like, hey, like, can I be really honest with you? Like, and I'm gonna say this in the nicest way possible. Mm But you need to let go of this because this is what's going on with you. And you're going in a pattern and I don't want you to get hurt. Right. That's just my opinion to you. And I think when you like open up to them knowing like, hey, look, what I'm, what I'm about to say might be a little bit forward, but I'm I want you to know that I'm doing it for your best interest. Right. You can take it or leave it like that's all it is and stuff. There's no pride in my my criticism you know, and that way at the right. end of it, I'm not like, I told you so, Amy, because <laughs> that's I, not, it's not, it's like no one wants to hear. Like, no. oh, I told you. So, you no. know, it's like you you want to be that friend that's like that's like there for them, you know, all the time. Right. And so and there is people that keep going in circles and circles and stuff. And it's just like, I think, you know, there's certain friends that some friends that I have that just have destructive habits and stuff. Mm-hmm. and. I mean, naturally, I don't do any of those habits. So it's kind of like whether it's going downtown or clubs and stuff like that. So naturally, I kind of get away from them. Mm-hmm. Not because I want to, but just because our, our lives are pretty different and stuff. But I'm always there for them, you know, to talk to them. Right. And usually they kind of come when, when they're on a low basis. They'll hit Kevin up and stuff, you know, <laughs> and I'll talk to them. But um, But I think it's cool to make ourselves that that opens for people to feel like, okay, I can go here and I'm not getting judged, you know? Right.
1: And so you take the same mentality with your personal relationship, I would assume. I know we've spoken before a lot about that whole situation and you're still super young, but you are in a serious relationship, which obviously this girl is very important to you. Um, and I know her, but, if you could go back in that, what advice would you give to yourself? To because like, we've talked extensively about this. yeah,
0: and so this is like a big topic because right now online, I'll dive into it. it's like there is this like red pill blue pill alpha male stuff, right? Right. So me growing up without a dad, it's funny because I made this realization like a couple months ago. My time is my time frame is so weird. So I'm not, it could have been a couple weeks ago, but. <laughs> But it, basically, you're I was kinda, on guy time. <laughs> yeah, I'm guy time. And so basically, I made this realization that as a dude, and there's a lot of guys out there that don't grow up with a father figure, even if they have the father, they don't have that father figure right. in their life. And so a lot of us, there is that. That's why people like Andrew Tate are so famous people that 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 kind of do these alpha mentality, this, this stuff, because a right. lot of guys, there's a lot of kids like me out there. They're searching for something, how to be a dude. And so I think when I got into this relationship, I I, I had a pretty good, and you would think, like, I had a pretty good foundation overall. I was a pretty, like, in the most humbling way, like, pretty smart dude in a right. way. Um, and I, I dove into all these books because I'm a big reader. I read, like, three or four books on how to be a man, mm-hmm. right, in the worldly manner. And the thing with these books, they have a level of truth. But if, and even when you watch people like Andrew Tate, like, There's a level of truth. You watch these YouTube videos. There's a level of truth to everything they say. But if you don't know better, you will take everything they say as absolute truth. And I think early on in my relationship, I took a lot of what they said as absolute truth. So I would look too much into everything. I would almost, I wouldn't enjoy my relationship. I think I had, it made me tie my ego into it. It kind of brought my ego back and I didn't realize it where I was like, I'm a man. I'm an alpha, like, yeah, I'm not going to get talked to like this, or <laughs> I'm going to be like, they're making me look dumb, you know? And uh-huh. so I, as time went by, I realized that and I'm like, this isn't the, this might be an alpha way, but it's not a godly way, right. To be a man. And a lot of times I think the issue with this is people think, cause you're a godly man, you're, you're a pushover. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's like, it's funny because a lot of the characteristics of an alpha is kind of a godly man. Right. Right. But, the way these people portray is very worldly and very like egotistical. And that's what takes a whole, like makes it completely 180 different than where you're supposed to be. So now my relationship's gotten like 10 times better because I put my ego away. And it's weird because as much as I had character development, it was so hard for me to say, sorry, I have no, I would say <laughs> anything, but sorry, I would be like, my bad, like, or I would just change the subject Then I had to realize, like, okay. You couldn't apologize. Yeah, and it was weird because you would think, like, I have my business. I read tons of books. I'm pretty, like, intellectual. I have eternal dialogue. And then I caught myself thinking, like, wow, I have this ego inside of me that I don't want to apologize because I don't want to be seen less than anything but an alpha male. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, I can be a man. And if anything, I'm like, if I'm so focused on being an alpha male and a man like that, I think I'm everything but. You know? Uh-huh. And because you're I, not being a partner. Yeah, I'm not being a partner. You're not
1: supporting her yeah.
0: at all. You're expecting
1: her to do everything for you. Yeah. Which I think, uh, if you scroll through Instagram on like the religious funnies and stuff, there's this big section where it's people who grew up in the church, um, and now have like disowned it in some way. But they will say, like, the man is the head of the household and the woman does all like the woman's chores and she's, she's beneath him. She's always beneath him. And that there's this persona of like, where the man has to have that ego and he has to be the head of the household because that's the Bible. That's what the godly way is to be the head. And do you feel like that's not true?
0: I feel like as a man, you have to be the head of the household, the leader in the sense of protecting, providing, and being like that with your family, right? you have to acknowledge your partner you have to love your partner i think a lot of times what happens with people that take that too serious is they forget the love part of it (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so i I do think that if someone comes into my house and does something i'm supposed to be that leader that goes downstairs or goes and fights off whatever it has to i i take care of my family my people around me anything happens i'm taking care of it and i I just think it comes to the rules like And respecting the partner, right? Just like um, like with Kristen, it's one of those things like she does what she does and I do what I do, and we just complement each other like that. I I think people, just like anything in the Bible, they can twist and turn. I do feel like it works traditional roles. It works better if the guy works a lot more and provides for the family and then the the woman stays with the kids and the family and provides – I don't think it has to be like that. I think if the woman, if for the family's sake, she has to work, so be it and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you know? But I, I just think a lot of relationships, it's like, don't look too much into it. And I, I do feel like the guy has to take leadership roles in certain, in certain things. You mean
1: leadership as far as like the protection, that kind of thing?
0: Yeah. Cause I think guys hold, you know, like you were saying, they can definitely cross a boundary and, and build that ego up on the man. Like, you are not to talk to me like that. It's like, she's your wife. She's not your slave. She's like your partner. She's She's the mother of your kids. So it's like, it comes down to that. Cause it's like, and I I feel like women want to be, they want to feel protected. They want to feel like that secure in that love and stuff like that. And I think we overcomplicate it. Cause there is times where like, I'm going to touch a weird subject, but I feel like a lot of times when it comes to cheating and when it, when it comes to that stuff, I see, some, at least from from my perspective, from my experiences, what I had with guys, it's like a lot of times I was like, oh, my girlfriend cheated on me, this and that. And then they, they use that as an excuse to be a certain way. But I'm like, when in reality, it's like, why? Not, not that I'm not uh, taking responsibility to the girl, but I'm like, as a dude, like, what? what were you like not doing or like, what were you not seeing those red flags? Right.
1: You were not fulfilling or satisfying in some area that she felt like she had to go somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause my, and this is like a very weird topic. So some people might not like this, but basically the way I see it's kind of like as a man, at least even how I see my relationship, it's like, I want to keep growing as a man, as a provider, as a husband or future father, like, even with my business adventure, because I think a lot of times what happens, guys settle. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my wife. I have my kids. I'm just going to hang out with her 24-7. Ugh. And so I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> no. Like, keep working no. out. I see that in the gym yeah. a lot. Like, guys are killing it. They're working out. And they develop this awesome physique. They get a girlfriend. <laughs> pff, drop it all. They just, you don't see them in the gym anymore. So I'm like, what, what do you think that tells the woman subconsciously? Like, uh-huh. like you're she's your world. Like, I feel like most women to an extent want to be led, you know? And so I'm like, you want to keep doing your thing. You want to keep providing. Right. And I think in turn, that's going to make her more attracted to you.
1: Well, so I always say, like, you do your thing, I do my thing, and we come and meet in the middle yeah. where we support each other. And we are the best versions of ourself for each other. You push the other person to be the best version of themselves. But at the end of the day like you have to be true to who you are. You're an individual. You don't just melt into one person. Yeah. Because that's not a relationship. That's just relying on somebody else. Yeah,
0: you're becoming dependent on them and stuff. Right. Like, yeah, and I think that's exactly where like the cheating and issues come in cuz I there's this one guy I knew that he worked with me and um basically and at, well, it's happened a couple times. Not just him, but I've seen it with other people like I I'm weird. So when I look at stuff, I really analyze like, what's a deeper route? Why did it happen? And mm-hmm. so I realized like what the patterns beforehand, like his, she would go to the gym a lot and he would just work and not take care of himself at all. So I'm like, dude, already like you're not, even as a partner, I'm like, you're not making yourself more attractive. You're not taking care of yourself. And I feel like as a, in a relationship marriage, like you both have to take care of each other to an extent. Yeah. Like you still want to stay like, more than like the physical part you want to stay healthy right you know and but besides that there's a lot of patterns that he ignored and he just kind of like oh you can go downtown i'll watch the kids and i'm like even that i'm like why would she prefer go downtown instead of hanging out with you as a dude and one Mm -hmm. why aren't you seeing that as like um like a, a red flag almost like you should instead go on a date together like, why aren't you prioritizing that? Every stuff, once you know? in a while,
1: like, I get it. You know, you have yeah. to do your own thing or, you know, girls like to do
0: girl yeah. nights or well, know, and whatever. And then there's stuff like that. Yeah, like, like, Kristen just had a girl's date today, you know? And so I'm like, there is stuff like that. But I at least for me, it's one of those things. Like, if, if you're at home watching the kids and she goes downtown with all her single friends, I'm like, that's, that's tough, you it's know? It's a red flag. Yeah, it's a red flag. And I, well, and I, I think not that, not even being the point, it's just kind of like, There's a lot of things where I'm like, you're supposed to take care of the relationship. You as a guy, her as a woman and stuff. And like. You should
1: not stop courting each other. Yeah. You should always be dating. Yep. And And that's that's super. I see a lot of people do that. Yeah. You're you're dating. You're like in that honeymoon phase. You get married because you're so crazy in love. And then you just stop. stop. Yeah. And why? Like, why do people do that? They obviously lose interest in each other because you've stopped dating.
0: They become roommates right yeah instead of like a marriage they become roommates and then yeah and a lot of stuff stops happening like that and i i think there's a lot of you always you always end up seeing a lot of these red flags before they come and they happen and stuff yeah. and i feel like a, a good way as a do to stop a lot of that stuff because well that's one of the things i'm like oh what if she does this what if what if she does that and i get a lot of my friends that they live their life like that and mm-hmm. i'm like that's not good you should not be living in anxiety and in fear that's not going to be very fruitful to the relationship. No. And so it's like, as a dude, like, you, if someone's going to do something, you can't stop it, no matter who it is. It's like, but the best thing you can do is take care of yourself. And so for me, I was like, as a, like, at least advice to the guys, like, if you're in a relationship, keep working out. Keep pursuing your goals. Keep pursuing, like, mental, like, health to an extent. Like, keep, right. pers- like, growing mentally, spiritually, physically, financially keep growing out all that aspect because then you put yourself in a position where you're desirable and i feel like if your woman is gonna cheat she's probably gonna think twice because it's like you're a high quality dude you're mm-hmm. like a dude that's like just on it and grinding it and, and in turns you're very you're providing that financial like security you're providing right. that mental security that physical security. Emotional, and, security emotional security and that's it see the emotional part it's like this doesn't have to be like Toxic, were in the sense of like, well, I'm bringing all this money in, and I'm getting buff and stuff. You should love me. It's like okay, but you're mm-hmm. not providing her the emotional securityness. Ding, so it's ding, like, ding. are we going on dates still? Are we? Yeah. Am I complimenting you still? Am right. I? You know, are like you making like-
1: me feel like I'm the only one? Yeah, is that because women want to be wanted, yeah. as do men. Like you want to be wanted by that person and yes 100% keep working on yourself do the the spiritual the mental the physical the financial the everything but at the same time be looking out for your partner yeah how can i support you i'm doing all this for me how can i support you and you know i have been told in the past like you'll never be anything without me you'll never do anything by yourself and so for me it's a huge middle finger to be independent and supporting myself but at the same time I do miss that person being there that I can rely on to some extent, but be dating, look out for each other. How can you be better for them? How can you be better for yourself? And the number one thing it always comes down to is communication. If you're not telling the other person what's going on, if you're not explaining, I'm doing this for me and this for you, nobody's a mind reader. And I think that, it's hard. Sometimes those conversations are really hard to have between people. Um, because if there is the guy or the girl who's not stepping up, not doing, I don't want to say going to the gym because it's not all about looks, but it's about health. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll take it down to health, but not doing anything to have that conversation and say, look, I love you, but I see you doing nothing. I see you becoming a couch potato. I see you falling into this trap, into this rut. That, that's part of you? love
0: too. Love isn't always right. I think no, you're love is it. hard. Yeah. Love is
1: super raw,
0: and it's not always like, like because I love you, I'm going to cuddle you or I'm going to hug you. It's a lot of times it's, I love you so much that here's the truth, right? right. Um, like going back to, but the Bible. not brutally. Yeah, yeah. It's but, that lovingly
1: yeah. honest truth.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly it. Cause it's like, we're not mind readers. Right. And, um, yeah, like I remember like with Kristen, for example, there's times where she cleans the whole house and then I'll be working outside, but sometimes like I come in kind of grouchy, like, cause I'm like, really? I'm doing all the work, <laughs> I'm doing this, but that's just cause I'm like, and then she makes me realize like, Hey, but I'm like making sure the dinner's ready for you. I'm making sure that like the house is clean this is clean i'm
1: taking care of you yeah
0: and sometimes i'm like oh my gosh like and then when she goes on vacation i'm like oh my gosh i took her <laughs> for granted right like i don't yeah. and so i think it's one of those things where like knowing our roles and realizing how important that person is like realizing right. like appreciating the stuff they're doing because that's one of the things i've been working on um and i'm doing good right so it's one of those things where i'm like <laughs> Like, she has roles, I have my role. And then if one day she ever sees me, like, like being lazy and stuff, there's a point where I got – I'm doing a bodybuilding show this later this year, right? So I feel amazing right now. Mm-hmm. There's a point where I got super, super chunky, and I wasn't taking care of myself. I'm um, 193 right now. I got to 225 because when I we bought the house and I was just eating whatever I saw in sight. <laughs> and <laughs> Stress eating. And so this is what happened when, when I started um, – just being a couch potato to an extent right i started taking it out on everyone i don't want to mm-hmm. go out because i just feel fat like i don't want to do this because this and that and so i would in a way take it out on her i don't right. want to go out to dinner i don't want to go to this wedding i don't want to do this because so you
1: were just in a bad mood
0: yeah i was just in a bad mood and so there's times like that where like now i'm like what you know even little things. she's like can we take a picture together i'm like no because I don't look good and I have this <laughs> chunky, chubby face, and I don't like that and stuff. And so, I think that kind of parts into the health, right? Like right. now, I feel like, yeah, let's take pictures. Like, yeah, let's yeah. go out. Yeah, now I feel good, energized. And so, um just appreciating the rules and appreciating that person, and and part of the love is calling them out when they're not doing stuff in a lovely manner, right? Because there okay. is there is times where if me and Kristen aren't getting along, now we don't go to see without actually addressing it right like like and we also have to know each other because for me if i'm upset a little bit i'm like okay just leave me alone for like five minutes right like just and that's just like in a way i hate saying it but it's like it's kind of how i am in a way i like to just think my process like just okay what's going on in my head mm-hmm. like and then then she'll come up to me like okay let's talk and then i'm like, okay and then, then i can put my ego away so i it it's hard because like, yeah. you have to constantly fight that ego and especially when it's, like, someone you're living with or someone you're with all the time, it's, like, it's hard to be, like, okay, I messed up and stuff, right. you know, and so. But I think it becomes and easier. have you to learned to by. say you're sorry? I have. I have, yeah. <laughs> like, and now I'm, like, okay, I'm sorry and stuff. And it's always, like, oh, <laughs> I, I said it and stuff. So. <laughs> and it's. But, but at it, least you said it. Yeah, but it beats it. And you mean it. it. Yeah, and I mean it. And it just beats that. like, the next morning I'm so upset with. It's it right. like, okay, the next day I'm like, I'm, I'm an attitude and I'm a little uh-huh. bit mad and I'm putting this cup down a little harder. You know what I mean? It's just, because what is that going to do? Yeah. it's just like, you you're ex- not going to prove a point. The process. Right. It's like now it's two days. You guys are still upset. Or today you're still upset when it's like, okay, it's been an hour. Like, I'm sorry. Like, right. I, I should have said it this way. And, and a lot of times when I think about whether it's arguments in the past or in the, in the present, it's mm-hmm. like. It's miscommunication. That's literally it. It's just Mm -hmm. like how I said things and stuff or, or how it came out and stuff. It's like, no, no, that's not how I meant it. Like, you know, and feelings
1: get hurt, things happen. And then, yeah. And it comes down to miscommunication thing. Yeah, exactly. You said it was said wrong. It was taken wrong. It was whatever.
0: And then coming up with the solution right after what we do now is like, okay, next time can you say it like this and stuff, you know? And so, right. Yeah, and then because sometimes it's like one clashes, the other one reacts, and then and it's just like it's just done. Yeah,
1: and that's yeah, part of the communication is knowing how that other person is speaking their love language, which and I'm not talking about uh, gifts or physical touch or anything like that. But when you speak a love language to someone, you're speaking to their soul, you're loving them through and through, and saying, I understand who you are as a person, like when you come home and you're in a bad mood, and you need five minutes, she understands she can't come right up to you and say, oh my gosh, how was your day? And you say, it's bad. And she's like, well, let's talk. She knows you need to say, hey, I need five minutes. Let me just sit in the room with the door shut, collect my thoughts, and we'll talk. You know, that's not something that everybody, when you first start dating, you don't know that about someone. And feelings get hurt. I am the person who I'm like, oh my gosh, you're sad. How can I help you? You know, and I want things to be better right away. I've never, um, played games like texting or whatever. I'm not going to receive a text and go, Oh, I'm going to wait three hours to text you. Wow. I don't do that because I don't want to waste time. Time is always something that you can't make more of. You don't get it back. And so by me being a bitch for three hours is playing a game and I'm not there for it.
0: Yeah. I just, immaturity right like emotional exactly. maturity and it's just like it elongates the process like why why, why? are you doing this You're, especially yeah, as we get older time. it's like why like there's no need for this when you can just let go of the ego and apologize right. right so it's like yeah that's one of the biggest things is like i think kristen asked me like like what can i do to help and stuff you know because mm-hmm. there's times where i'm like oh this isn't going right and stuff and then she'll provide a solution and then I have like a smart answer back and stuff and then she gets a little upset. So it's one of those things where like, we both kind of like, okay, one, like for me not to do that, but she also just said now she'll ask like, okay, like what can I do to help? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm just like, "I I just need, it doesn't matter. Like I'm just venting. Just give me like five minutes and stuff, you know?
1: So you need someone to either say to you, like you're having a bad day. Are you looking for me to listen or are you looking for a solution? Yeah. Because yeah, if you're in a bad mood and she's offering solutions and that's not what you want to hear, you literally just want it to vent, again, that's another fight starter.
0: Yeah, and it's such a dumb fight, right? Because it's, it's just so like,
1: stupid because like, she's trying to help you. Yeah. And
0: in her point, it's like she's trying to help me. And for me, I'm like, I don't want to listen. It's like And then you hurt her feelings. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, dumb fight. Communication. And so, yeah. And it's communication. And yeah, it's it comes down to that communication. So yeah, basically it's like, do you want to listen? Do you want to answer? And so Lot of yeah we just talk about that stuff and mm-hmm. i think as time's gone by i don't really think we even argue anymore like if we have a little like you happens. say happens happens i'm sure it happens even once you're married forever you're dating forever and it happens to every relationship i think that's another thing too like
1: Everybody when fights. i talk to
0: yeah when i talk to people i'm like everyone fights it's just a weird thing to talk about and i think there is a fine line of not telling knowing who to tell i guess in a way you right. know and um and the only reason i feel so like Good, we're talking about it here right now in front of the whole world. <laughs> it's just because I'm like we just matured so much, and I'm just so confident right. in our relationship and how we handle stuff. That I'm like, like we're just we know each other now. We're so solid, and I think a lot of people can learn from this. You know, I and think that yeah. you are
1: 100 correct because everybody fights, and obviously Everyone. some fights. Uh, Perpetuate into this cycle of more and more and more fighting and then they end in divorce or yeah. what have you, because people can't get over themselves, the issue, oh. the whatever, it's the slamming doors, it's the screaming. And why? And there was something I heard on, I think it was, it was probably Instagram. Uh, this guy was saying like, when you yell at somebody and you're fighting and you're yelling at them, even though you're standing right next to them, it's because your hearts don't hear each other and you're having to speak loud to this person to hear you. But when your hearts are communicating and you're together in this relationship, you could be across the room from somebody and just with a look, just a glance at them, they know exactly what it is that you're thinking without saying a word. So it's, you know, when you're screaming and yelling at somebody, you're trying to get this point across to them. They don't hear you. You're not on the same level. You're not speaking the same language at that point. But when you can look at them from across the room with just a single glance and you know exactly what that person is thinking, your hearts are connected and you're speaking the same language. And I thought that was so awesome and so true. It is. Because why do we raise our voices at someone?
0: Yeah, there's, there's, it's kind of, it's dumb, right? Cause it's like, it's you're dumb. not going to get anything. Where are they going to be like, you know what? You're right. It's like, no, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> you're never no gonna one's going to be there. like, oh, just because you screamed, you're right, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's that. It's, um, I think you said it perfectly. Um, I just drew a blank. What else did I was to say? <laughs> I was, yeah, well, instead of yelling and, and talking, it's just like I, I keep saying it in this podcast. It's the ego with it. But once, let me get my mind together. I'm like, <laughs> what am I saying? Going back, what, what were you saying right now about the, the one you what was up? that quote that you heard? It's like when you're basically when you're yelling, you're yelling
1: hearts. that your hearts you're standing right next to each other, but you're not hearing each other. But if you're across the room and even with a single glance, you understand and know what that person is saying, it's because your your oh. hearts are speaking, you're you're connected and, basically. And,
0: and then with that, like what was I what I was thinking was it's like a who's who's gonna win, right? right. me versus you. And you hear that on, on Instagram too. It's like, you, like who's winning instead of like, let's figure this out. Right. And then it comes the clash, right? Of mm-hmm. like, who's going to win this at the end of the day? Well, no one, no one's going to win. Because no even win. if you're right, guess what's going to happen? They're going to be mad mm-hmm. and you guys aren't going to sleep good and stuff. So it's and at the end of the day, no one's right. Like there's always going to be someone could have said something better. And it's
1: learning. I think that's a part of a relationship and maturing together is learning how to fight. Because it's going to happen, and you're going to disagree. And that's
0: true, and that's not a topic that's talked about. It's like no, learn how to fight. because it, It's going to happen. There's, I happen. can guarantee you, like, there is no Disney fairy tale relationship. It's no. crap. They how what they feed us. It's like once the the boot fits or whatever. It's like it's gonna be perfect. You're right. gonna get married and you're gonna live happily ever after. No. It's like no, real life happens. Real life happens, and you're gonna fight. And it's like the question. It's like learning how to fight learning how to handle the situations and so i would almost say like well, what would you say it's like the five key points to that right so it's kind of learning how to fight have you ever done that in a podcast here no
1: no this okay. is so fun Yeah,
0: th- that would be cool I, if we had to get five points what would you do like learning how to fight one would just be like i feel like one of them non-order would be like tone tone oh yeah For tone sure. is huge it's tone, tone. Yeah, because a lot of times, it's like, it's not what you're saying, it's how you say it. Right. right? It happens all the time with me <laughs> oh, and Kristen and stuff. It's just like, I say it a certain way, and then that's just enough to, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like what, what's my what are guard's you talking up. about? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm ready to put on these boxing gloves. Like, what's going on? And that's what people do. You say yeah. something
1: the wrong way, and it's whoosh, that wall yeah. right away, and I'm on guard. Yeah. What? Yeah, why are you attacking me? I'm not attacking you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what,
1: not what you said. Yeah. You know, And then it starts.
0: Yep, and then you start fighting. And that happens a lot. Like, Kristen will be like, um, she'll be like, I don't even care. Basically, she'll just be like, why'd you put the dish right here? I'm like, what are you talking about? Why, what do you mean why I put Obviously, it Obviously, right
1: because I hate you and I wanted to annoy yeah. you, so
0: I put this here. And then, then I'll be like, why are you yelling at me? And she's like, I'm not. I'm just asking you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the tone you said it in and stuff. And uh-huh. Then, yeah so basically tone it's tone. just like tone tone, tone. Let's, let's
1: make tone just number one <laughs> tone is number one
0: yeah how it's not it's not what you're saying it's how, it's how are you, you say saying it. it are you saying it with love are you saying it with anger and then that's going to dictate a lot right mm-hmm. and it happens to me it happens to everyone and i think two would just be the ego right just mm-hmm. like the teamwork right like just teamwork like we're not feel- going
1: into it assuming like I'm right. I'm going to win. Yeah. But putting that ego away and going, okay, what are we talking about?
0: Yeah. Because a lot of times like you're both right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times like you're both talking about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now let's come to an understanding. But a different way. Yeah. In a different way. And yeah, because it's not always me versus you. It's not always who's right. It's no. like, how are we going to find the solution to? Because you should never be issues. fighting
1: against each other. You're fighting yeah. with each other against everybody else. Yeah against everything else that's
0: out to get you, which is the world, essentially. Yeah. And you can look at that like a spiritual attack, right? Like, you're right. together, there's there's a little demon here that's making us fight. Like, let's figure it out. So at the end of the day, it's like no one wants to sleep mad at each other. No one wants. I don't. No one sleeps good like I don't that. like being angry. Yeah, and no one likes being angry. It's not, it not feels, a good feeling. That's and heavy. it looks
1: bad on your face. Like, yeah. it is ugly. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's heavy. And it's just like, I hate that. I hate that. Like Because you can feel it. You can feel it. It's so heavy.
1: So that would be posture. I would say would be number three, is awesome. because if you're feeling angry or you're out to attack somebody, how do you stand? What is yeah. your stance like? And you know, people who are in a relationship they read your body language. So if you come at it, you know, at them like chest out, you know, or whatever, your shoulders are back, and they're going, holding your breath. Oh, yeah, yeah, your face is ugly. Stop that.
0: So we got basically right now we have tone. Tone. We should have
1: written these down. Yeah,
0: head down. We got tone, right? It's not what you're saying; it's how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. And then we have ego, basically teamwork. Right. It's you versus a problem. You hear that a lot. And then three is your posture. It's so the posture would be like, how are you resolving it? Right. In mm-hmm. a way, it's like because tone is how you're saying it. Posture is
1: posture. I would say is just it's truly your body
0: language. Okay, the body language because you, you can
1: you can look at people. In photographs, right? And if their body, you know, they're turned slightly away from each other. There's a whole article I read, gosh, years ago about posture and people's body language. And you could say, like, the way that they are around each other, their body speaks this language that they hate each other or they love each other, or it's, you know, you're into somebody or you use a lot of hand gestures or everything your body does is speaking another language. That's
0: true. Because I get when you are arguing and when your disagreement is kind of like hands up, you're probably far away, but it's like, okay, let's sit down. Mm-hmm. And I think when you agree to like, okay, let's calm down, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Yeah. You kind of put your shoulders down. So, right. I saw
1: of- a guy in Boise the other day driving down the street, the guy on the sidewalk, my windows were up in the truck. And I couldn't obviously hear what he was saying to this other guy, but he's got his arm up and he's pointing like vigorously and automatically I know He's yelling at this guy. Yeah. He's mad about something, you know, When he, like, throws his hands down real fast. I'm like, well, this guy's pissed off.
0: Yeah, body language. Body language. And so we got tone, ego, posture. Right. What would be, we, we got two more to fill. Hmm. It's learning how to fight. So we talked about.
1: I say also your choice of words.
0: Yeah, so I would in a way it's kind of like that because the tone is how you're saying it. it's not it's even, how it's, you're it's saying not what you're saying bright, not what yeah so it's kind of the so your
1: words
0: or it's communication in a way because there, right. is, there is there's a lot of times where it's like i tend to say like amy you're always doing this and mm-hmm. it's like
1: Ooh. you like, don't ever want to say always, always or never yeah that's
0: one thing i'm learning right now i'm like i hold myself home like you are uh, can you stop doing this? Or like there's uh-huh. a lot of times where this happens and I don't appreciate it. So right. it it is the tone of words. Cause I that words can bring life or death, right? So it's one of those oh things. yeah. What you're saying, especially if it's if it's something that the other person doesn't appreciate, like the word always, it's like whoa, whoa, what do you mean always? Yeah. So now it becomes a different argument. It's like it's <laughs> like we're <laughs> not even talking about what we're arguing. Now you're accusing me of always something doing this. else. And it's like I don't always do this. Well, it's
1: even dumb stuff. Like for me, I start to get upset and now I'm cussing at you.
0: Every other word. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so I'm, that's
1: it. I'm throwing that F-bomb in there and it's like,
0: okay. And that will change it off because now, uh, now it's Now you like, sound stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then once you start using like cuss words and stuff, now it's very like- It's hurtful. It's hurtful and it's it's almost like hostile maybe. It it's is hostile. more aggressive than not, than nah, I guess.
1: But I think you also sound stupid.
0: Yeah. Like for yeah, me, like yeah. if
1: I'm just cussing every other word, what am I really saying? Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying stupidity at that point. So.
0: Yeah. It it brings no fruitfulness, right? No. Yeah, so. Nothing. Words.
1: So your words. So tone, ego, posture, words. That's number five.
0: Number five. So tone is how you're saying it. So these are all very like, so ego, teamwork, right? So learning how to Mm -hmm. fix it. So that's almost more of a fixing thing and apologizing. Tone is a way to prevent it. Tone
1: is how. Posture is almost a way to prevent.
0: Words. And then. Gosh, we got one more. We're so close. I don't know
1: how do people fight?
0: How do they fight? They.
1: I'm trying to think how I fight.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm trying to think the. A lot of times, the silly over stuff that we overlook.
1: Hmm. I know when people listening are be like, "Oh my god!"
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we might draw a blank.
1: If you so, can think of anything, always drop it in a comment on my Instagram because. You know, we appreciate yeah. it. There's, there's so many more things, although we're coming, trying to come up with five, like you could come up with 10 things. Yeah. You know, and I think
0: everybody should go
1: through this, write it down. Like, how can you learn how to fight?
0: Yeah. So you guys let us know your fifth one.
1: Yeah. I would love to know that because I'm not going to spend a ton of time on trying to fill the blank. Yeah. Be the, here
0: for 30 more minutes. should
1: just- <laughs> <laughs> be like, what, what could it be? But if we wanted to go down to number six, it would be on how to resolve. Right? Yeah, because Because you can fight all day long, but how are you going to put an end to it? How are you going to resolve? How are you going to move? I never want to say move on because moving on for me is moving over something. Yeah. You want to move through.
0: Through, yep.
1: You always get through it. You deal with this, you learn from it, and you move through it. And then you're moving on. So... Number six is resolving, which is going to be not picking a winner. Yeah. Goes back to the ego.
0: Everything goes back to the ego. It it's goes like back to the we're ego. We're very prideful. So it's like we look up that word. It's like prideful and ego. It's like. Right. And I always tell people like
1: you have so much value. You have worth. You have We do this. But you have to do it without the ego. And yeah. so we either go from as humans having that ego and feeling like we're full of pride. Or we're down at the end of the other side of the spectrum, feeling depressed or sad and feeling like we're not good enough and looking to find that worth and that validation through somebody or something, whether we're going to the gym or we're settling for a subpar relationship, we're looking to be wanted and appreciated and to feel like we mean something to somebody or ourselves or we're full of ego. And I think the people who are full of ego and pride truly in their core are sad. And they're missing some part of their heart. They're missing part of themselves. And so it's like a bully in school, right? Yeah. They're, they're looking to find something that's going to make them feel better about themselves. And that's why we get that ego is because we're trying to be like, no, no, I am better than you. Here's
0: why. It's almost like a hidden insecurity. Right? insecurity it's like it's that's the perfect word for it out. yeah because there's i read this book i remember i'm like such nerd right so i remember <laughs> when i read this book i'd put it down and i sit there and i think about it and i google and i talk to do people you take like, notes yeah i love oh, taking I, notes on like, books i'll highlight books and then i'll i'll take notes either on my phone if it really bugs me but I guess my form of taking notes, it's like, I'll text Amy. Hey, what do you think about this? Or I'll go and I'm like, hey, so when you think about this, what what do you think? About? Uh-huh. I'll kind of do my research. But I read this book. It's called Ego is an Enemy by Ryan something, right? And the first time I read it, I was so confused because I never thought about ego. Okay. Like, I just never thought what ego meant. And how we die, it's been a minute since I read it. But um, and I only like to read books once. So same. I'm like, it's hard for me to read it twice. I'll probably listen to it the second time. But I basically talked about the good ego and bad ego if mm-hmm. I remember right and the good ego in a way it's that it's that ego when you are down in the dumps and like it's like you know what i'm amy like i can do this mm-hmm. like, it's possible to do this so it's like same ego that can bring you up can bring you down because it's also right. the same same one that can be like i'm amy i'm better than all these people here mm-hmm. and i think it's finding that that balance from that right just like being egoless to an extent. Like, I'm not worse than anyone. I'm not better than anyone. I just I just am, in a way. I'm just me. Yeah, I'm and just I'm the me.
1: best version of me. me. Yeah. And that is that is the way that's I think we should be looking at it, is we're not comparing ourselves to other people, better or worse. We're just
0: us. Yeah. And it's... And that's true confidence, right? Because it's like, that's when you walk confidence. in a room, when you walk in a room, you're not like, I'm better than everyone. Right. You're just like, I'm going to hold my chest up high, my shoulder's mm-hmm. good, and I'm just going to... I'm I already me. know that I'm doing the best that I can and I'm doing the hardest things to challenge myself and better myself. Right. And you walk in with confidence because you know you're doing the best you can in all aspects. So I think you already get that confidence and then you realize like everyone is good in their own profession and mm-hmm. that's just it. And so I think you do get that real true confidence being egoless and stuff. But I also, it makes you grow. Like I have For no try. idea how many times I've someone's came to me and told me, Hey, you should do this with the gym and stuff. And I could easily be like, dude, I already know what I'm doing. (laughs) Don't talk to me, but I don't, I, if anything, I I make myself a student. I'm like, okay, sweet. Tell me. And even if it's something I already know, my mindset is kind of like, if I have this cup of tea, how to solve problem A, I'll dump it. And I'll have Eric or Nathaniel teach me how to do, problem a you mm-hmm. know again even if i already know i'll have them fill up my cup of tea and what's gonna happen tomorrow okay now i have two ways to fix up problem a so it's like at the end of the day, i'm just gonna learn and let's say worst case they don't really teach me anything okay they just refresh my mind right on this topic that i didn't touch for a long but time but you also don't know what seeds
1: you planted for them yeah you know by having other people help you what is that doing for them
0: yeah yeah I, that's true i did think never about know. that yeah and because it, it could help them in a way like well, that's the thing. It's like when, I don't know if you ever heard the It's like when when one teaches to learn. Uh-huh. And so it's one of those things where like every time I read a book, I, I talk to everyone like I'm an expert. But what's going on is like not only does it make me feel good because I'm teaching them, but it makes me learn too. So it's right. like everyone kind of wins. And, and especially in the business world, in the fitness world, especially because that's kind of more of the entrepreneur or business aspect I'm in so many people are full of egos and every mm-hmm. time in business it's uh, once you dive into it it's like someone's trying to be better than someone else and in business it's always like instead of trying to build the biggest building in your town you're trying to knock another building down or trying to tell other people why your building is better than them it's like why don't you just worry about building a bigger building you know on yourself. You. Yeah, yeah and so and it's it's a lot of this like like everyone just is like on guard business mm-hmm. and everyone thinks they're and for me i'm like dude why don't we all just try to win like we can all win without trying to knock the other person down and two it's also like why don't we just learn from everyone right like and but i think the issue is like no one wants to look like make themselves look bad like less, we don't want
1: to feel dumb
0: less, yeah and for me i'm like i'll look dumb today and i'll be smarter tomorrow right because right? for me i'm like i'll lose a battle right now but i'll win the war tomorrow and that's mm-hmm. how i look at it like if someone's teach me and someone's older. I'm just like oh okay yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. I didn't know that and I'm like genuinely learning and I'm like who cares if 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 they? because a lot of times being young that's the issue it's like people would just look at me like he doesn't know anything so I do get a lot of older people teaching me stuff and I never hold myself better than anyone I'm just like I'm gonna learn from you right and that's that's it I'm not really tying my ego into where I'm like who is this person thinking oh I'm just I'm gonna learn from you and if they want to go and claim, tell everyone that they taught me that. Because that happens sometimes. We're like, oh, I told Kevin to do this and mm-hmm. stuff. Even though in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just like, hey, who cares? Just them, him. Yeah, yeah. just slide him. I'm like, who cares? And I think if more people held themselves in that aspect of like, like actually learning, be a student today and you'll be a master tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if people held themselves in that, they'll learn so much more. I agree. But I have tons of friends that, uh, I have some friends that like, I'll try to tell them stuff or even just acquaintances. And then I can already tell like, oh, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. I'm mm-hmm. already doing that. And I'm like, when you have that mindset, it's like, I can't keep telling you stuff because you're not going to take it in and stuff. Right. And I still try. but actually learning. Yeah. And so I, I just think like if people put their their ego down in that sense, though, so mm-hmm. they could be so much more.
1: I agree. So uh, I had asked you if you could give yourself advice your younger self advice. Um, if you, obviously you cannot, right. Nobody can go back into the past. We can't help ourselves at all, but moving forward to help people who maybe want to be entrepreneurial or want to have a business or they want to be more physically fit. What would you say to them if they're trying to do something and move on to that next step in their life? What advice could you give them from something that you've learned?
0: I would say ask, right? There's a lot of times people are like, oh, like, what do they say? No. And what if this happens? It's for me, it's like, what's the word? It's it, not being scared of the word. No. Right. Cause it's like, yes. okay. So what happens if you ask him for advice and they tell, you no? you're, just still the same, right? It's not like you haven't you, lost anything. Yeah, You haven't lost anything best possible they say yes and now you get an opportunity right so for me it's always like dude just ask mm-hmm. and then whether well, that's like ask google or ask anything it's just <laughs> like, like ask and so well a lot of people they're just like i don't know how to do it and i don't have a game plan so i'm gonna do it. i'm like dude just google it yeah just figure it out so i think a lot of people get stuck in the they have the idea but they never take the execution it's like yes. why not just go for it just do it it's like worst case especially being younger i'm like dude like you got nothing to lose, right? And I feel like a lot of a lot of people they don't do that. Cause I'm like,
1: well, the only thing yeah. you're gonna lose out is opportunity.
0: Yeah. One, then a lot of people when when people try to glorify me in the sense of like, oh, you're so young, you're doing so much. In my head, I'm like, it's so simple. Like I just i I went for this gym, and there's a thought that came to me where I was like, what happens if this doesn't work out? I didn't think about it too much because in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna make it work out. There's no right. plan B. But I did give thought. What happens mm-hmm. if it doesn't? I'm gonna have a super cool home gym. <laughs> and <I'm> like, that's <laughs> all it. All the <this> stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's just it. I'm gonna have a home gym. Worst case, you sell everything, and boom, you get all that money back. Right. And so I think that's a lot with when you. If I have friends who start a business venture or people who start a ven- business venture, I'm like, I look at it as like you're not failing, right? You're just you're going for it. And for me, it's like, do big props. I always like support people's businesses especially they're small. Cause it's like, dude, you did it. You're that guy in the arena, right? Uh-huh. Like you have that, that poster here in your house where it's like, yes, you, the guy in the arena is 10 times more of a man than the, the person in the crowd booing. Cause it's like, at least he went and did it. He's tried. Yeah. He tried. And that's, that's it for me. It's like, just ask. And then, and there's no such thing as failure. Right. Literally like there is no such thing as failure. So
1: no, I agree with that because you may think of yourself as a failure in that moment in time, but you've gained so much knowledge. You are that much wiser. And maybe the plan wasn't for you to do that for yourself. Maybe now the plan is for you to help somebody else because you have this knowledge goes back to the open doors and the opportunities. And you never ever know what's going to happen unless you go for it. You're never going to know unless you try, you know, like a stupid thing, not stupid, but, uh, simple example my nine-year-old uh wanted a kayak for her birthday which is in december <laughs> i said oh, okay. okay maybe maybe not a kayak you know but that's something she wants to learn well now she switched to a mountain bike and oh, yeah. you know i can't afford to give her every single opportunity that she wants but i'm damn sure gonna try because you don't know unless you try I want, you know, who knows where she could go with it. Maybe she hates it. Maybe she falls down and breaks her arm. I don't know. But I'm not going to tell my kid, you know what? I can't afford that bike. So here's a doll. You know, I'm not going to try and steer her in a direction that I want her to go because I'm not her. I'm going to give her every opportunity that I can. I'm going to do the best that I can because everyone should try.
0: It's like Jordan Peterson says. It's like you want to let kids do. I want to say how is it dangerous things carefully. So it's like yeah. if you see uh, right your kid, and this is from someone I don't have kids or anything, so I have no experience. <laughs> right. So take my, take this as a grain of salt. Anyone listening, but it basically it's like if you see a kid. The way I thought about it, it's like if you see a kid climbing on a log, mm-hmm. not that high off the ground and stuff like. You could tell them, don't do that or get off that. And you could give them a warning. You know, they're like, no, I'm not going to listen to her. Let them fall. Mm -hmm. Let them eat crap. And it's like, that doesn't make you as a bad parent. If anything, that makes you an excellent parent, I would say, because it's like, now they know not to do that. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. Okay, they touch it. Okay, now you know. know. And so I think it's, yeah. yeah,
1: Well, I try and like have my kids think, make a plan.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, you guys want to climb up that tree. I'm not going to be like, Oh, be careful. Or don't do that. They climb up the tree. What's your plan? How are you going to get down? Think about it before you do it. I'm not going to stop you. Kids should climb trees, but what are you going to do when you're up there? And it's happened several times. My kids get stuck in trees and I'm like, Oh, sorry. Figure you climbed up, climb down, come up with a plan, you know? And like, that's, um, I've gotten criticized for that. I would say a lot because <laughs> it's not what people want to hear or see. But I think that you have to force your kids into using their brains to yeah, figure yeah, stuff out.
0: Yeah. You're making them think. Right. It's like instead of bathing them. You right. Know, and what happens? They get. You uh, can't be a helicopter yeah. parent. When, yeah. And it's one of those things like they get a participation award. So what happens when real life happens and they lose? Uh-huh. It's like, you know, yeah. So I, 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 I think that's awesome, actually. They have to learn, make them think and stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, every now and then, I'm sure if it's something super dangerous, like, okay, help them out and stuff. But I think it's good. Let them do stuff. You know what I mean? And everyone's going to have their opinions as parents. But I feel like if I had kids, that's how I would do it. Do it. Go ahead. What's the end goal? And then I think a lot, you make the kid think and they're like, oh, and sometimes I think they're kids. So they're like, oh, I don't know. know, Yeah. I can climb the (laughs) tree. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. But then it's, it's good. So.
1: No. Okay. Well, I super appreciate you coming out. This has been a ton of fun. I think we learned a lot. We learned on how to fight um, and learned definitely a little bit more about who you are, what your business is, people who want to check it out. Go to Weezer, go to Beyond Barbell. Um, I haven't started up spin class yet, but hopefully soon.
0: Hey, you guys heard it here, right? So <laughs> if she, we will pressure her.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll get back in there. I have to figure out my work
0: schedule but and you just started this week right so that's right how was it how was the first week uh
1: well i started technically on monday oh okay with my my new position so okay. i'm excited doing big things
0: you got a new truck so
1: i know i'm so i'm saying moving up in the world there you go <laughs> well thank you kevin for coming out and enjoy the rest of your day
0: thank you i will all right thank you, thank you guys see you guys later see ya
1: Thank you again to Kevin. Thank you to you guys for an amazing season one. Really and truly, I don't have the words to say to thank you enough. Without you guys, this podcast could not be possible. I would be talking to myself more than I do on a regular basis. This has been something that I needed in my life. And the notes and the, the calls, the texts I've gotten from people saying that this has meant something to them has been incredible. I hope through everything that I have been some sort of a bright spot in your life that you have learned something or that you have felt something about this. It's truly been an honor to talk to you guys. (laughs) I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry, but I can't even tell you how much this means to me. There's been so many highs and lows in this last year and this has meant a lot to me. I'm about to embark on a new chapter in my life, one where I've arrived as a career woman and I'll be sure and tell you guys how it goes. I want you to remember that through everything, I want you to be brave. I want you to remember that you are someone special. I want you to remember that there's always someone looking out for you in everything that you do. I want you to remember that you are not alone. There is an entire world out there to explore and life is an adventure. I want you to experience every moment that you can Live every single day to the fullest. Go to bed tired because you had a great day. Thank you again for everything you've done for me. I appreciate every single one of you. Now go out there. Be brave. Be bold. Have a great day.